0: And there was an interesting experiment done at Harvard Medical School about 20 years ago, which ultimately led to these people receiving the Nobel Prize in Physiology, where a group of kittens were brought up in an environment that had only horizontal stripes. Another group of kittens were brought up in a room that had only vertical stripes. And when these kittens grew up to be wise old cats, it turns out that one group of cats could not see anything other than a horizontal world. Another group of cats could not see anything other than a vertical world. One group would, in fact, bump into furniture legs, not because they didn't believe in their existence, but because they didn't have, in fact, the sensory apparatus, the interneuronal connections to see either vertical or horizontal stimuli. So all these experiments, and there's a lot of data now on the mechanics of perception, are pointing to one very crucial fact, and that is our sensory apparatus and our interneuronal connections develop as a result of our initial sensory experiences and how we are taught to interpret them. And subsequently, we function with a nervous system that has only... One reason for its existence, to reinforce what we were exposed to and what was interpreted for us in the first place. There's a technical term for this that psychologists use. It says premature cognitive commitment. Premature cognitive commitment. We commit ourselves to a certain cognitive reality. These realities are a result of conceptual boundaries that we have structured in our own consciousness. And then, literally, I'm not saying metaphorically here, very literally, our nervous system serves to just keep reinforcing the conceptual boundaries that we have structured in our own consciousness. The picture of the world turns out not to be the look of it at all, It's just our way of looking at it very literally, very literally. This is not, for example, the shape of it or the look of it or the texture of it. That's a function of my receptors, which have been programmed to perceive it only in this way. This is really not the look or texture or smell of it. That's a function of my receptors. The eye cells of a bee, for example, when they look at a flower, They don't see these same colors that you and I see because they don't have the receptors to see those. But they can sense ultraviolet. So when a bee looks at a flower from a distance, it can actually see the honey, but it can't see the flower at all. A bat would see this as the echo of ultrasound. A snake would sense this as infrared radiation. A chameleon's eyeballs swivel on two different axes. We can't even remotely imagine what this room would look like to a chameleon. <laughs> What's the real look of the world? What's the real texture of it? What's the real shape, etc.? And the answer is there isn't such a thing. It's infinite possibilities all coexisting at the same time and we freeze that field of infinite possibilities into a certain perceptual reality, literally, as a result of our cognition, which is a result of premature cognitive commitments. Sir John Eccles, who is a very well-known neurophysiologist, also won the Nobel Prize, amongst other things, for elucidating the mechanics of perception. Uh, To quote him, he says, there are no colors in the real world. No smells, no textures, no sense, nothing of the sort. They're all structured in our awareness. They're all assembled in our awareness. There's a beautiful dialogue between a Vedic master and his disciple in one of the Upanishads where the Vedic master is enlightened and the disciple is still on his way. After a while, the disciple says, do we live in the same world? Because he sees, his master sees things completely differently than he does. And the master says, yes, we do. The only difference is, you see yourself in the world, and I see the whole world in myself.